0: You're listening to The Regional Update. I'm Jessica Strauss. I'm the Weed Smart Project Lead. And in this podcast, we catch up with somebody from the regions, whether it be the north, south or western, each month, and we find out what's happening in their patch in regards to weed control. Let's get into it. You're listening to The Regional Update. Today, we're heading to the western region and we're going to be hearing from Lance Turner, who is a farmer in East Pingley in Western Australia. He does join me now. How are you going, Lance?
1: Yeah, not too badly, Jess.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Now, we recently heard from you over in Dubbo at Weed Smart Week, so we might get a little bit of an overview of what you talked about there. But how are things at your place at the moment?
1: Yeah, not too bad. I think, I'd like I say, we're probably a little bit like Goldilocks where we're too wet at home because uh, we're spread out over you know quite a big triangle, you know, 400 k sort of thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, too wet at home. Um, we still yeah, got bogged last week. And then up north, it's too dry. Like it's really struggled. We've only had 72 mil for the growing season.
0: Right. And
1: on on our east farm, um, it's pretty much perfect. So we like Goldie Locks, too wet, too dry, and just right. So, yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, um, being spread around allows that to happen sometimes, I suppose. So overall, we're pretty happy.
0: Yeah, so just for people who we, – we've had you on the podcast before and um, most of our listeners will be familiar with you because we had a chat with you last year. But for those who might not be familiar, can you give a bit of background on – because you've got a property in Pingley area and then also in Goodlands. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of uh, your farming systems in both areas?
1: Yeah. So Pingley, or well, East Pindley we are. We're, we're you know, between Pingley and Corrigan. Um, we duplex. Sandplain, it's you know, we call it high rainfall but a lot of people probably wouldn't. But it is, you know, a lot of continuous crops, like so we've got lupins, canola and cereals, a lot of lime, Every, you know, pretty much throw everything at it that it needs, fertilizers, you know, it's high input. Up north at Goodlands is half fallow. Uh, and it was only a third fallow, but we've gone to half fallow because of the input prices the last couple of years. And um, this year has probably been a good thing because our whole crop's on fallow. Like I said, 72 mil for the growing season, and you know, very low inputs because that's marginal. Like we're right on the edge of the wheat belt up there, and we're also east of Corrigin, which is heavy red country, totally different soil type again. So we actually have three totally different thinking caps. You know, you, you almost got to leave one one hat at home when you go elsewhere because to, they're totally different farming systems. And we are also at the moment half-fallow out east on the heavy red country too. Same thing because of yeah, rainfall can drop off pretty dramatically out there some years, but this year it's still been okay. But we can. Um by being half fellow we can sort of cut the input back quite a bit.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And you did, as we mentioned in the intro, there you uh, did a presentation for us at Dubbo Weed Smart Week, uh, which was really well received. Can you give us a bit of an overview of what you talked about in regards to your farming system and some of the challenges you're facing at the moment?
1: Yeah, yeah. I sort of focused on how quickly it can, you know, all your good work can come undone. Yeah, you know, we had, we've had over the last two seasons some issues on on sort of 400 hectares and it's turned out to be like this year a challenge for weeds. and I guess it's not over the whole 400 just sort of pockets and patches so we're we're back to the drawing board and have to go back to like really um, hitting them hard those weeds but yeah so it just highlights how quickly a few bad decisions wrong wrong decisions I suppose made in Different times um, can pretty quickly affect the um, yeah the how quickly things can come undone and affect the future.
0: Yeah. So, what were some of the decisions made that kind of led to the increase in weed numbers? Do you think?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing that happened a couple of years ago, we started harvest up north and we run seed destructors, and the crop was so good up north, like it was like exceptional, like it was a, a record for us up there. And we found the limit of our destructors, and we're we're different to a normal destructor, so we actually disconnected them and um, just harvested without them. So that was that was fine. We we're pretty clean up there because of the fallow. And um, then we got 90 mil of rain, which they fill up with dust and chaff from the rain. And then yeah, you know, turned all that to mud. And the idea being, when we got home, we would um, clean them out. But it was it was such a good year that we just kept harvesting. And once we got home, we didn't stop harvesting. Yeah. You know, it was going to take us a few hours to strip them down and clean them out. So we just said, no, we'll just keep going. And so we actually ran without a seed destructor on our barley back here, which we normally would have done. So the first, that was the first thing. We didn't seed destruct, you know, so harvest weed seed control that one year. The second year was canola. And for one reason or another, we didn't crop top it, I suppose, because been round that ready canola, we, you know, we run over it later at mm. the end of the season to tidy up any late germinating weeds. And there was a lot of them because it was a really wet season, and so we couldn't get our timing right on a lot of the sprays on the way through. And then it missed its final spray, which let it set seed. And of course, we go into this year and we have just blown our seed numbers right out. So just two seasons of different uh, things not being done has undone all the, you know, a, a lot of good work, but it's sort of. Back to pockets and patches in, within that four hundred hectares of where our problem started years ago. You know, <laughs> we've started them again.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And so, what are the some of the things? What are some of the strategies <coughs> you're going to implement to rectify
1: that? Ah, uh, look, there, there's a lot more chemical groups we could probably use. Um, we're probably a bit slack on that this year, but at harvest time we probably will winrow it, so we'll still seed destructive and with the chaff fraction. But anything in the straw, because there is still a portion of seeds in the straw. And because our numbers are so high, we'll probably winrow it and winrow burn to make sure that we actually get, uh, you know, pretty much 100% of any wheat seed set. Next year, it will be a dear mark for lupins, so it will have, you know, every chemical group we can throw at it throughout the lupins, and then a crop top at the end of the season and the destructors to get anything that you know passes through any any of the chemical um, hits on the way through that season.
0: Excellent, Lance. That's good. And uh, I managed to bump into you at Darren Field Days uh, last week when this podcast will go out. It will be last week. And it was really interesting. We had a bit of a chat, and you were saying uh, you mentioned how it's important to go to those kind of events. You know, you're a pretty clued up farmer, and you're quite innovative and, you know, very experienced. But, you know, you were saying um, in that chat that, you know, going to those sort of events really helps you keep on track. Uh, can you talk a little bit to that point and, and, you know, how important ongoing learning is to you, Lance?
1: Yeah, it's. I think at the pace that technology changes, it's pretty easy to get left behind. So even though, like, a lot of the stuff is just fast, cost prohibitive, by just going and keeping in touch, in in you know another five or seven years time, well that technology will be you know a, you know achievable for us. So by keeping up with it, you know you know what's out there, you know where it'll fit your system, and you know over time we may even end up um, with a different you know fit in the system for different things. So it just gives you time to look at it, evaluate it, and and think about it.
0: Very good, Lance. And any final comments on how, you know, the season's playing out? Anything you're going to be focusing on over the next uh, few weeks that you'd like to share with listeners?
1: Uh, no, look, well, this year we'll definitely, um, you know, crop top the, the canola. That, you know, that, that won't be missed out. Um, and this year we've been able to get a, even though it's been wet at home, we've still been able to manage our timing a lot better than last year. We we dried out enough in at the right time to be able to get the, sprays on in time so we've just got to tidy up at the end of the season yeah we're just going through everything now harvest you know make sure everything's ready to go seed destructors included so it's just business as normal for this time of year except we've got a very low yielding crop up north and probably some high yielding crops down south so we've got a real mixed bag
0: yeah for sure well lance good luck with it all and thank you so much for having a chat on the regional update
1: no worries all right thanks Jess.